Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful Thursday morning. It's a little dreary out there and a little foggy, so uh, be sure and take your time and uh, don't be in no rush and no hurry and never fails uh, that no matter how much of a hurry that you're in, there's always that one old man who has nothing else to do. He's retired, got a dog in the front seat of his truck, hat on sideways, He's got all the time in the world, and so there you are, you're stuck. He stops at every little thing, takes his time, and you're screaming your head off. And guess what? He can't hear you and can care less if he did. So be careful out there as you're going about your day and your business. And, you know, uh, it's, it's crazy that when you have plenty of time uh, to kill or whatever, Ain't nobody around at all, but when you're in a massive hurry, that's when you find every daggone slow poke that you could possibly imagine. It just uh, boggles the mind, <laughs> and, uh, so just be careful. Like I say, everybody's emotions are extremely high right now, and uh, people just uh, uh, itching for a reason to fight, so let's just... Uh, uh, slow your roll and, uh, and uh, take it slow and easy like a hog chewing through an iron wedge. You know, my dad has told me that uh, many times and I still to this day have no clue what that even means. But hey, it sounds good anyway. Uh, you know, we're looking at um, some current events this morning and, uh, you know, I am very uh, uh, disheartened and upset with our judicial system. Uh, I feel that uh, right now there is uh, mob rule. Uh, it is right now, if it isn't politically correct, then you are automatically demonized. You're automatically can be proof that you can be sentenced to jail. Now we have police officers in Atlanta who did their job and now may even be facing the death penalty and uh, uh, extensive prison time, 20 years to life uh, in prison. Uh, for trying to do their job, and they wonder why these police officers or um, there these. Uh, first, they said there was a, a walkout. Uh, technically, it wasn't a walkout in Atlanta. Uh, they were calling in sick. They're calling it the blue flu. And who can blame them? You know. And I'd be honest with you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see cops walking out across the nation. That happens, people. There's going to be anarchy and chaos like you can never imagine. And, and if that happens, don't be shocked. To see the National Guard come rolling in, martial law declared. I mean, it could very easily happen because uh, uh, the you know, we're the president and uh, our and people are fed up with this chop up in Seattle, and uh, it is don't you know it. Let's hope they don't go that far, but you know, uh, in order to restore peace and order, extreme measures may have to be taken. And I don't want to see that. I know you don't want to see that. But, uh, you know, it, it amazes me. I, you know, I, I put a little post on uh, social media talking about this very topic. I'm at Mob Rule. And um, uh, there's an individual comment. And this person's a good person. You know, I'm not, uh, nothing, nothing to uh, against this individual personally. And, and I think they're, they're good people. But, you know, their, their perspective was obviously different than mine. And they made the, the point to say, well, uh, he had his back turned and uh, was 18 feet, three inches away, and the officer fired upon him. Well, uh, you know, I could see the egregious, uh, upsetting viewpoint of that had it just been, oh, if they just approached the guy and he just took off running, they shot him, gunned him down. That's the way the media and the liberals' narrative wants to make it appear. 
but you look at the full extent of the video, I still don't understand why the 911, why the dispatcher asked if he was black. I, I don't understand that. To me, good morning, Lee. To me, that has no significance on the situation whatsoever. The man was DUI. He was drunk, uh, blocking the drive-through, and what I don't. I still don't understand that. I know that's been kind of sidestepped. I don't. I heard the call. I don't understand that. Everything was cordial and nice. Next thing you know, this felon. Remember, he was in jail for beating his children. Uh, he was only let loose because of the COVID deal. And when he went to put the handcuffs on, that's when he freaked, fought the police officers. They grabbed the taser. He grabbed the taser rather, and that's uh, they. They have video from their own uh, police. Uh, the district attorney, I believe, it was. Uh, the saying that, uh, I mean, I saw the video, I watched the video this morning, saying that a taser is considered a lethal weapon. The man, as he was running, I literally, I mean, you, if you've watched the video, you, you can't deny the fact that he went, as he was running, he turned around and you see, you see him turn and turn his arm extended out and fire the weapon on the police officer. So what recourse did he have? This is considered a deadly weapon. He was fired upon. You and I both know if he, this cop was incapacitated, he would have grabbed that gun in a heartbeat. Uh, so the officer done his job as he was trained. People were like, why didn't they shoot him in the leg or the knee? Because the chances of ricochet, the chances of missing, the chances of an innocent bystander getting killed uh, is exponentially higher. So they are trained to aim at the torso to minimize the effects of damage. Now, you may not like that. And yes, life was was taken, but all these people screaming about uh, how this, uh, this uh, you know, uh, the importance of life where are all these people for all these abortions out here? You know, they're, they're, they want to portray and push this idea of, of um, how precious life is, and it is. And I hate to see that a life was taken. Don't get me wrong. I'm not minimizing uh, uh, life here by no stretch of the imagination. But all these people that are focusing on that, where are you when all these innocent babies are being taken, you know? Uh, so... Uh, you know, it begs to uh, to put that out there. So, you know, it's really a real travesty of justice to see that these police officers are being accused and treated as they are. And, uh, you know, it's, um, our world is definitely in chaos. There's no, no, no doubt about it. And uh, there was another point I wanted to hit on this morning, but I can't remember what it was. There was something that was on the news I was going to hit on, but now my mind's went blank. I was going to focus on that. There was another issue, too, going on right now, but I... Uh, Slipped my mind for whatever reason. But uh, but anyway, we got to pray uh, for this country like never before. Pray for peace upon our land. Uh, pray that people come to know Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, that's really the, the heart of the matter is this sin-filled world needs to come to know Jesus. And it's just, um, yeah, we're, we're spiraling out of control quickly. And so people, I'm telling you, if you don't have your heart right with the Lord, you better, you better get yourself together now before it's too late. Well, at this time, let's go ahead and say our Pledge of Allegiance. And uh, like I say, you can't see me because I have the the, the picture of the uh, uh, American flag up there. But I do stand. I do take my hat off. And I do place my hand over my heart, just so you know, so you don't think that I'm uh, being here, just sitting here and not being respectful. So, all right, let me go ahead and, and bring this up here. Give me one second. Well, okay. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
you know, just imagine all the men and women who fought and bled for that flag. You know, the red uh, stands for the blood that was shed, the white for purity. You know, it is uh, maybe just the way I was raised, maybe, you know, but uh, nothing makes me more angry seeing someone standing on that flag and uh, uh, burning it. You know, there was a picture of a little scumbag uh, standing on the flag with his uh, dictator t-shirt on and uh, I can't what's his name was Chavez, Chavez uh, what is his name Chavez whatever you know Shea Guerriero whatever his name is anyway you know the little dictator socialist communist dictator who had killed thousands of people by the way but uh, I tell you what uh, if uh, I catch somebody standing on if I'm out and about catch someone standing on that flag or burning that flag I might as well just come and uh, realize I'll start a prison ministry because I'm not going to stand for it. I'm telling you that right now. I'm not big. I'm not bad. But I'm telling you what, I'll fight for that flag. So just throwing that out there for whoever uh, wants to hear that. But anyway, let's go ahead and look at our Bible verse this morning. We're going to look at John chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And like I always say, as me Peppy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. You know, when we want, look at this uh, passage here. It's it's very um, uh, important uh, to us all. Uh, and, you know, we have to understand, of course, the context of what's going on here is the fact, of course, you know, and realize, understand, Jesus got just got done talking, uh, was long before, after he talked to uh, Nicodemus. And um, and we see here when she comes to this well, it's uh, Jacob's well, and, and honestly, is where she is at. But uh, but here's the thing. She is a Samaritan. And, you know, we talk about, you know, here we're seeing this racial divide in our country right now, which I, I don't get. In fact, I was even reading a um, an African-American man had posted a, uh, a little meme. It was on Instagram. And he said, I'm not oppressed. I have freedom to get education. I have freedom to get a job. I have freedom. You know, he was listening to things. I'm not oppressed. I'm not uh, uh, segregated. You know, he's making the valid points that needs to be heard out there. You listen to the media. You listen to the liberal progressive left. You know, they uh, automatically want to make it sound like uh, that we're in the uh, in the midst of uh, uh, the uh, uh, North and the South Civil War. Uh, there are slaves being still held and uh, white-only uh, restaurants. I mean, that's why they want to make it sound like, and uh, nothing could be further from the truth. And, uh, of course, that kind of goes back to what I was talking about last night, that people just stuck in the past. They can't let it go. And uh, we need to, to, to progress is to move forward. And so you're seeing this uh, this nonsense with this uh, with this racial divide in our country right now, and, uh, and I'm not saying that we're we're you know there's that this never ever happens. I, I mean I understand that there uh, we there are still race issues that happen in our country, and as, as I said before, as long as there's sin in our hearts, there's going to be race issues. But here's the thing in this situation: the Jews hated the Samaritans. I mean, you talk about uh, you know. 
black o you know, white only count you know restaurants or bathrooms things that used to happen uh during the time of of uh like selma and, and the 60s and 50s and things uh but you know uh, they they hated them. I mean, they truly hated them. I, I think that's one reason why the Good Samaritan uh, was so significant, uh, because uh, not only did it you know, dealt with politics, it dealt with race, it dealt with religion, dealt with a lot of different issues uh, that uh, was not popular at the time. You know, you, you ask yourself and wonder why Jesus was hated. That's why, because he worked and dealt with individuals that they felt was less desirable. And even the, you know, here we've been talking about in our study in Hebrews, uh, talking about uh, the priest and their, their rituals and their outward adorning and how these outward things uh, try to cleanse them uh, for the temple, but inwardly uh, they were screwed up. They didn't know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. So they felt like uh, that, the, that God was exclusive only to them. And that's another reason why they hated the Samaritans. They didn't feel like that they uh, were allowed to believe in God. And, and so here this woman, see she was a social outcast, she was hated by the Jews. Uh, she was uh, here. She was on her uh, sixth husband. Uh, you know, she's openly, uh, you know, obviously then uh, that was very frowned upon. And uh, you know, here the well was normally a place of, uh, of being very social. You know, women would go there to gather and to talk, and no one had anything to do with her. And so here comes Jesus, and he sees her there, and he he sees her broken heart. He sees her. Her, her downcast uh, demeanor. And he goes and talks to her. And that's where we come in. That we say that Jesus then said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of the water shall thirst again. So here she come for physical water to help her thirst. But he says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She wanted that. She wanted what Christ was offering. Why? What, what is the significance of what's going on here? It's because she knew she was worthless. She knew that she was morally bankrupt, and she didn't think that she was of no value and nobody wanted her. And that's where Jesus Christ come in. And he says, you are of great value. I love you. Let me offer you eternal life. There's a lot of people running around this world right now who are morally bankrupt, who think that nobody cares, that nobody loves them. And, you know, it's, it's sad to see there's a lot of individuals who grew up in, in foster care, who grew up in uh, adoptions, adoption agencies, that, uh, uh, and they, um, uh, there's a lot of people who grew up in very horrible circumstances, parents treating them in terrible ways. There's people today that are committing suicide because they see no way out because of business failings and what's going on with this virus, the civil unrest in our country, who, who thinks that there, there's, there's no way out. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ is offering you life. Jesus Christ is offering you freedom. Jesus Christ is telling you that you are of great value. And Jesus Christ is saying that he loves you. See, that's one thing we need to understand, that we need to, uh, that we all are in need of saving, that we are of value, that Jesus wants you. See, we all need to come to repentance. We all need to come to the foot of the cross, and we need to understand what Jesus Christ done for us, and out of his great love for us, he gave his life to save us 
from a very real and eternal hell. And I think a lot of people don't realize and understand that uh, need for repentance, that need for Jesus Christ, and uh, and to understand that they are valuable. You know, there's a lot of people out there. You know, a lot. Unfortunately, there's a lot of young women out there that they think that the only way they can show love is through sex. There's uh, uh, there's men out there who. Uh, uh, that they they don't know how to display emotion, display love. They they don't know how to to open up uh, to other people around them because of abuse and, and the way that they were raised. Uh, there's a lot of people out there and a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. You know, when we come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, it's not that we will no longer have suffering, but it's that fact that He gives us the ability to endure and have peace and strength during that time of suffering. You know, you, you can look no further than Job and look at all the suffering that he endured, all that he lost, his family, his home, his wealth, his phys- you know, his, 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 even physically, uh, he was covered in bulls, but yet he still bowed before God Almighty. He still gave it over to Jesus Christ. That's hard to do. It's easy to praise God during the good times, but it's hard to stay true and stay faithful to God during the bad times. You know, a lot of people want to blame God. Uh, when bad things happen, you know, it's very interesting that, uh, you know, the people that want to blame God, that 99.9% of the time, they're only living for themselves. But then when tragedy happens, automatically that's when all of a sudden God is recognized. They want to to blame him, to blame God. Now, it's one thing to, you know, it's nothing wrong with saying, asking God, why? Why did this have to happen? There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're questioning God's sovereignty and you're blaming him for things, then you're saying that God made a mistake, that God messed up, that God is fallible, that God is infallible. And remember that all things work together for good to those that love God. And I know that's a hard verse to to, to swallow if you have a loss of a child, loss of a spouse, loss of a parent, you know, and or something horrible, uh, a, a terrible uh, disease has been diagnosed. That is a, that's hard to understand. How is that possible? How is that, you know, how can things work together for good? We don't know on the side of heaven how those things can transpire to work about God's good work. Maybe those instances uh, will push someone to come to know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Maybe that will uh, lead someone else to want to, uh, to come to know God in that time of pain, in that time of need. We don't know. But God has his reasons as to why certain things have to uh, transpire. You know, that's why the, the clay doesn't ask the maker why. He That's why, the, you know, we have no place. God is the creator. We are the clay. And we have to uh, go as God creates, shapes, and molds us to be. And sometimes the fiery trials that we endure well, will make us stronger on the end. And there's a reason why God has to put us through those trials uh, to make us and shape us and form us in the way that he wants us to be. So we have to give it over to God. And that's why Job is such a great example that no matter how tragic and how horrible and how terrible things can be, he still fell before God. He still would not blame God. He would still uh, worship before the feet of, of Jesus. Well, the feet of the, at God. You understand what I'm saying. You know, we, we worship at the foot of Jesus. But uh, obviously, uh, when we look at the Old Testament, that's pointing towards, do you remember, they look forward to what Jesus wanted to do as we look backwards to what Jesus has done. So uh, so forgive me there for uh, misspeaking. But uh, but that's it. We've got to give it over to God. Oh, you know, remember that we need repentance. Only Jesus Christ can forgive us of our sins. Only Jesus Christ can give us the peace we're looking for. Only Jesus Christ can fill that void. Only Jesus Christ can give us that strength to endure and to persevere. And only Jesus Christ can save us. 
because he was perfect. He was fully God. He was fully man. He understands our pain. He understands our sorrow. He understands what we're dealing with and going through, and only God can save us. Remember, you are of great value. The world will sometimes say that you're worthless, particularly people who are uh, older sometimes feel that they are worthless. Maybe somebody, if you're, you're handicapped, maybe somebody wants to make you think that you're worthless. Maybe because of the, just like this woman on her sixth husband, maybe someone is looking down on you and making you feel like you are worthless or no good. But guess what? Jesus Christ is saying, you know what? Don't listen to their lies. Don't listen to the stupidity of man. You are of value. Come to me. Come to know me. Come to know my love. Come to know my peace. Come to know my strength. And follow me. You know, and uh, it makes me think of that song by Stephen Curtis Chapman, Saddle Up Your Horses. we got a trail to blaze. And, uh, and so, you know, what we've got to follow Jesus Christ. If you want true happiness and, uh, and want to feel of great value, thirst no more, come to know Jesus Christ today. Let us have a word of prayer. Now, Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day and another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, thank you uh, for the value you have placed upon us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your joy and your peace. Thank you for saving us. And Lord, let us be used by you in a mighty way. Let us glorify you and appreciate your good work and what you've done in our lives. And Lord, for someone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us this day. Lead us, guide us, protect us, keep us safe and well. Be with our families. Be with our children. Lord, uh, just pray that uh, you'll be with this nation, that you'll touch hearts and minds like never before. Bring peace upon our country and our, and our land. Lord, help us to be a light to this world of darkness for those of us who are saved. Let us serve, and Lord, let us uh, be, a, uh, to be able to minister, witness to those around us. And Lord, I uh, pray that you will be with our sister in Christ, Kim Penix, and Ginger Hood, and Troy Hood, his cousin. I pray that you be with Wendy Lee. I pray that you be with uh, Ron and Thelma Thompson. Uh, I pray that you be with Josh Banks' uh, brother. Uh, I pray that you will be with um, uh, uh, this prayer concern from uh, um, Earl White, uh, that uh, you will heal this uh, young lady with uh, battling cancer. Uh, I pray that you be with um, Darlene Barker's uh, stepfather. And I pray to be with Roger Winters. And Lord, I, please be with our police officers. Lord, I know that they are facing very, very difficult times right now. I know their families are scared to death and worried. Lord, I pray to peace upon their families, peace upon these police officers, protection upon these police officers. And Lord, please let them know that they are needed. They are loved. They are appreciated. And we are grateful for them. And please, Lord, be with our president. Give him the proper wisdom and discernment in the running of our country and protection about him and his family. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning. Hope everybody has a great and wonderful and fantabulous day. Don't forget Sunday morning from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Fountain Life Bible Church, 118 Julie Lane. Yes, it's Father's Day, but we're having an outdoor concert. Inviting everyone out to bring their blankets, bring some food. We'll have for a picnic. And uh, let's just have some good time and fellowship uh, with all of our uh, wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you'd like to share these devotions, you can always find me at Dr. Young 77 If you have friends or family who do not do 
uh, Facebook. They always find me on YouTube at Dr. Matthias Young. And finally, uh, always remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Dr. Young Chronicles podcast on Apple iTunes, audio only, but you can listen to all the, uh, the morning devotions, all of our sermons and podcasts that are posted. Well, I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching.